0: From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone.
0: You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials.
2: The NFL playoffs are here. Watch every game of the postseason for free with the Yahoo Sports app or the official app of the NFL on your phone or tablet. Plus, get all your late-breaking news, highlights, and more. Download the NFL app or the Yahoo Sports app in your app store or at nfl.com slash mobile today. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, M.G. Marcus Grant, alongside the fantasy viper, Graham Barfield. Michael Fabiano still under the weather. Uh, this flu apparently is kicking his butt, man, so yeah. get better, bro. It's uh, Get better soon, Fabs. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully he will be back with us uh, very soon in the meantime, man. Uh, rest up. Get some fluids in you. Uh, ice up, son. As, uh, as our colleague Steve Smith might say. So. Do you ice up if you have the flu? Probably not. Well, if you have the fever, maybe maybe. If a fever. Maybe if you have a fever, but that seems like a bad idea. So. Yeah. Steve Smith, great receiver, not a good doctor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we actually have some more uh, coordinator news around the NFL. We'll talk about some of that. We'll also talk about this thing. Seahawks Twitter seems to have turned on Pete Carroll, so I'm very curious to get our thoughts on uh, what this means potentially for fantasy. If it happens, it's all a hypothetical right now. Plus... You might have heard. Uh, the Super Bowl is coming in a couple of weeks, so we'll take an early look at uh, some of the, the Super Bowl questions. We'll dig into it obviously a lot more as we get closer to the actual game. We got two whole weeks before that happens, uh, so uh, you know we'll start to dig into some of the top level questions based on what we saw yesterday in the two championship games and uh, you know all that uh, and let's just have some other weirdness as we close out the show. Before we do all that though, go behind the glass, talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy, Esquire. Murph, what's up?
3: We have to talk about the most important thing that's going to happen. In the Super Bowl, which exactly. is not the game, it's that the NFL has to allow the 49ers to wear their all-white throwbacks. So
2: it's funny too because I, I you know, growing up in the Bay Area, I have a text chain with a bunch of friends that I grew up with, and we were texting obviously during the game yesterday, and then this morning, uh, one of my buddies texts about that exact topic, and one of the immediate responses was, "Please God, no! I hate those uniforms. I hope that they don't wear them. I what? am personal. I am personally indifferent to them." Uh, other than the fact that they wore them during you know during better times during their more successful run, I'm sort of indifferent to them. So I'm very curious whether or not the NFL is going to let this happen or not.
3: I mean, the Rams. I, it's like a it's a weird thing to follow with the uniforms I know there was like the Rams had an issue they but they had to wait two full seasons before they could change theirs but in the Super Bowl last year they wore the old I guess what you would call the throwbacks Right. but then I read that the Rams wanted to like they wanted to petition to make those their actual home jerseys so the NFL was okay with it which I, I want them to do sure everyone does but if that if the Rams wore those last year I don't see why the 49ers for- couldn't wear the, the all white I think the all white throwbacks are amazing I think mm-hmm. the jersey itself with the black Black like drop shadow it right. looks great. That being said, people are saying if they wore their actual away jerseys, they would look not as good. But I think the white jerseys with the gold pants versus the red jerseys, white pants would be okay. But I think the all-whites um, are, are a little bit better. Those all-whites are, are gorgeous. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, as I sit here and I'm thinking about it, I mean... One, it just it reminds me of the Deion Sanders era of the forty nine er forty uh, nine er football, uh, and I I have been one to say that I don't necessarily love the all one color jersey, but I can kind of get behind the Niners all white ones. I yeah. think those are all right. Yeah, I know you're kind of, you kind of are off to some of the color right. Yeah, I think I think some of them look like pajamas, you the, know. The Bills all
1: red does. Yes, the Bill's I, all red. it looks like a onesie or something. <laughs> yeah, those all white Niners are just so sharp.
2: So yeah, so I guess I'd be okay with it. We'll see if the if the NFL, I heard the immediate response was no, right? But now there's discussion so it
3: might possibly happen luckily because dave on twitter with his a million tweets about the jersey matchups the nfl is like (laughs) scared into like maybe we should just listen to this guy (laughs) i mean
2: hey look you know i'll give dave credit he at least claims to be the impetus behind usc and ucla wearing their respective home jerseys when they play each other uh even if the first year it it uh cost a penalty for one team oh it did yeah uh i think because uh, USC, I think both teams weren't supposed to do it, so I think the first year it was at the Coliseum, and I think SC had to take, like, a 15-yard uh, personal foul penalty or something like that, or, the, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. And so, but to be sporting, I think UCLA, uh, like, kicked the ball out of bounds on a kickoff or something like that. They did, they did something to sort of even it out. Because it, it was a silly penalty that nobody understood why they were doing it. So, like, UCLA, in order to be sporting, did something to take a penalty also to oh. kind of even things out. Anyway, <laughs> that's enough about that. Uh, let's do some news. Let's do the news. Yeah, Most of the news is coordinator-related uh, so far today. And uh, one that we kind of talked about a little bit last week but has – become official now jason garrett stays in the nfc east he is not unemployed for very long and he is now the offensive coordinator of the new york football giants and i know last week eddie you said that you know you were okay with that that uh, you know it wasn't really a, a big deal um look guys there's talent there um and jason garrett maybe not a great head coach he was a pretty good coordinator though in this time
1: yeah tons of talent there i mean we've been super high on these giants pass catches and enti- really their entire offense uh and, I, you know, I, I think I've said this before, but Daniel Jones is going to be one of my favorite late-round quarterbacks to target this mm-hmm. uh, this coming year. I don't know. Uh, Eddie, I'll, I'll defer to you about, you know, where, you know, you land on Garrett. I... I I'm kind of with Marcus, though. There's
3: a lot of talent there, and it's going to be really hard for him to, to really screw things up, I think. Totally. As an OC, I mean, his offenses are always great underneath him, and you have Jones and he, and Garrett play quarterback. I mean, besides the fact that he's, you know, went to Princeton, so he's local, was a Giants for what I believe the better part of three or four seasons, yep. uh, he's dealt with the highest pressure situation by being head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so going to the Giants as an OC, there's zero pressure on him. Literally, the one negative is that this may be a stepping stool for him to get a job next year. Right. Uh, I mean, best case scenario. Uh, for keeping it would be if the Giants are an average team, if they're an eight and eight team, he'd probably say one more year and then right. get a job somewhere else. Uh, especially if the offense is like on on the incline, but having the weapons of, of Ingram and Shepard and uh, I guess Darius Slayton's a player now, and plus you have Golden Tate with Saquon and Daniel Jones, like you have the pieces. They add a couple O line guys. They bring in Bill Callahan too, which is a rumor to help with the O line. Um, I like the staff, and I just I saw some people just you know make still, they, people still make fun of Jason Garrett, and I just don't get it because. He's he, in my eyes, and I think in people that have a brain's eyes, he is a good coach. And especially a situation where he's just part of the staff, it is a great scenario for the Giants. I think.
1: I think where people get sick of Garrett, and I, you know, I think we've all kind of done this to him in, in a way. It's just the game management stuff. I mean, his right. his game management has just been absolutely abysmal over time. Uh, just routinely punting from inside your opponent's territory, just not being <laughs> aggressive enough on fourth and fourth and short when you have an amazing offensive line that he had in Dallas. Uh, one of the things I always took issue with, with Garrett, especially late in his tenure with the Dallas Cowboys, is that it seemed like every time Dallas got knocked off their script in the first half, you know, they get down, you know, a couple scores, ten points, something like that. They come back in the second half and make no adjustments. Right. Um, I, I'm really inter- interested to see if Garrett, now that he's just just focusing on the offense in New York, to see if he can actually um, come back around and kind of maybe game plan some things because it seemed like in Dallas. He was just relying so much on their talent, and that works to a certain extent. You can rely on Dak and Zeke and Cooper and all these guys to bail you out. But I'm excited to see what Garrett can, can scheme up. And um, I, you know, I, I don't know if he would necessarily deserved an OC shot right out of uh, <laughs> right out of being you know uh, forced out of Dallas. But right. at the same time. You know, there's a lot of talent there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think for Garrett, this is a chance to sort of rehabilitate his image, uh, and as you mentioned, kind of get back to being a head coach again. So I'm curious to see how this works. Um, but there he is. He stays in the division. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure there will be plenty of Twitter jokes and memes when they uh, when they play. Against each other, you guys see too, where um, Jason Witten said he wanted to
1: follow Jason Garrett to the Giants. Really? Yeah. Uh, I guess Witten wants to play one more year, and he said he'd be willing to follow Garrett as some sort of like part-time player. I I guess. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was bizarre too.
2: Interesting. Um, all right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Speaking of the Giants, Ben McAdoo apparently is a hot commodity now. He is interviewing with the Jaguars. Uh, For the OC job, along with Jay Gruden, McAdoo apparently is also interviewing for an unspecified job with the Carolina Panthers. uh, He and Mike McCoy. Um, Maybe out of this group, Mike McCoy seems the most surprising name just because he keeps getting fired like quickly from places. Uh, Ben McAdoo seems like another one, Graham, who was a good coordinator not a great head coach, so maybe the year or so away has you know had a chance to maybe to, to fix some things. Maybe I, mean?
1: I, I think if Jacksonville were smart, they'd hire Jake Gruden. Um, Gruden, for what it, I, I mean, wa- his tenure in Washington obviously ended unceremoniously very early this year. But I always thought that Gruden did a pretty good job in terms of just like <laughs> dealing with the absolute nightmare that is you know the Redskins organization at times. I mean, right. he, he got the best out of that offense. And honestly, he'd walk into a pretty similar situation in Jacksonville, where he'd have to take over and uh, and and write the ship of a pretty shaky offense. I don't understand Mike McCoy getting another chance. I just don't I mean, get it. <laughs> we've seen how many times have we have we seen Mike McCoy go into it, you know, go into a team, you know, either with the Chargers, the Cardinals now, and just be completely meh?
2: I mean, what he got fired from two jobs within a calendar year. Yeah. That, that should say a lot uh, about where he is now. Again, it, it is an unspecified job, at least as of the reporting yesterday that I read. Uh, there was you know, a mention that, that Matt Rule has not hired a quarterback's coach, so maybe that could be the position sure. he's interviewing for. Sure. Uh, but I man, I would be shocked if he gets another OC job yeah. right away.
1: Um, it doesn't seem to fit into what Carolina's doing either. Right. Bringing in a retread.
2: I don't know. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I For the sake of Christian McCaffrey, I hope it's not Mike McCoy. Oh. Just just remembering what happened oh, to David boy. Johnson. When well, uh, Mike McC- every run <laughs> Mike McCoy called was just a dive up the middle. Right up
1: the middle. David Johnson
2: was just running in the back of his left guard every play. So hopefully, yeah, I, I, I would... Pray for Christian McCaffrey's sake that McCoy does not end up as the OC in Carolina. Uh, Speaking of offensive coordinators, this one maybe hits a little close to home for me. Uh, The Eagles interviewing USC offensive coordinator Graham Harrell for their OC gig. Uh, I will say, having watched Harrell coordinate the Trojan offense for a year, it would be fun. It would be fun to see him in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, if they could get some of their wide receivers healthy, we'll see what happens. But it's a lot of air raid, kind of RPO stuff. It's stuff that, in theory, fits with who Carson Wentz is and what they like him to do. They got to get some pieces healthy. Oh yeah. But uh, otherwise, I mean, I think you know there's some potential for it to be exciting. Absolutely.
1: Eagles need some receiver help, uh, big time this uh, this upcoming draft, and they're they're likely going to get it. Uh, they they need some speed on the boundary. Maybe they'll get Deshaun Jackson back for one more year, but they desperately need it. Marcus, I, I'm waiting for a huge Carson Wentz here. I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm still so high on Wentz's talent. I I love. I, I think he's going to be one of the better quarterbacks long term it's just I'm, I'm waiting for him to have a breakout season where everything kind of he gets a little lucky right maybe. he gets you know a couple good receivers he stays healthy uh it just kind of seems like Wentz has not put it all together and it's not necessarily been his fault every year it's just he's gotten unlucky
2: no I think that's I think that's very fair because what Two years ago, whatever, he was on track, it looked like, to be the MVP. MVP. Uh, he gets hurt, right? Nick Foles comes in. You know, they, they play well. Everybody's wondering, well, what does this mean for Carson Wentz? This year, Wentz stays healthy, plays pretty well, but everybody around him kind of just disappears because of injury. So, you're right. They haven't been able to kind of keep everything intact. So, if it happens, look, if they can keep, if they can keep Wentz healthy, if they can get some wide receivers, if they potentially get Graham Harrell in there right. to kind of bring a more wide-open offense um, – this could be interesting. I'm, I'm really excited to see what the Eagles could do on offense
1: uh, upcoming year because Wentz going into their final four games, I mean, granted, all four of them are against the NFC East and they you know, they went 4-0 right. against the NFC East, whatever, but at the same time, I mean, Wentz carried that team. I mean, were, his number one receiver this year was Greg Ward to close out the- <laughs> <Right. laughs> <to> how Sean <Alshon laughs> Jeffrey got hurt. Um, right. Yeah, I think Wentz is, is due to have a big year and hopefully it's in 2020. Look, and
2: I, I will say this uh, for anybody who didn't necessarily follow USC football closely. It, it was not a great season on the field, but Graham Harrell. Uh, lost his starting quarterback in the first week of the season, at some point was down to his third string quarterback and still found a way to move the football and put up points. So uh, if there's any endorsement for Graham Harrell, that's that's the one. Although, selfishly, I'd, I'd like him to stay at Heritage Hall. But uh, I understand if bigger and better things are calling. So there you go. That is pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs>
0: that was
2: the news all right uh the big question for today and i i kind of caught this last week uh greg rosenthal kind of alerted me to this via twitter when he he tweeted that seahawks twitter is starting to turn on pete carroll and now there's chatter after the last latest playoff exit that maybe it's time for pete carroll to step aside that the the seahawks fans are starting to kind of get tired of it they're they're frustrated with uh pete's stubbornness, I guess you would say, to play defense, establish the run. We know that you know, football Twitter is not much about establishing the run nowadays. I'm, whatever. But uh, there, is, there is some chatter. Now, I, I don't know that any of this chatter has come from the Seahawks themselves. I think this is mostly just kind of a Twitter frustration about watching this Seahawks team play over and over again. But it does sort of beg the question, Graham. I mean, we, we look at this offense and we sort of wonder, as, as great as having Chris Carson was when he was healthy, uh, that was fantastic. But so much of this offense sort of sputters, and then in the fourth quarter, they're like, hey, let's let Russell Wilson do his thing. Yeah. So maybe a change at head coach, or at least a change in coordinator, would be better for us fantasy-wise if it happens? Sure. I,
1: you know, Pete Carroll, has the Seahawks have won 10 or more games in seven of their last eight seasons with uh, with Carroll. I mean, he has just been phenomenal. He's been nails. The same At the same time, I think we can also resign to the fact that the Seahawks offense is not close to what it should be. Right. Uh, because it, it, you're right. Every single time we watch the Seahawks, it seems like they should be either leading in games or, or at least closer in games in the first, second, third quarter. And then, you know, by the time the game you know comes wrapping around, uh, the Seahawks need Russell Wilson to carry them. Pat Thorman, he is an analyst over at uh, Pro Football Focus. That's he had a lot a, of really good smart stuff. Yeah, really good tweet last week. Um, and he pointed out that the Seahawks in the first quarter – this past year during the regular season, they trailed on 48% of their snaps. That was the second highest rate in the NFL just in the first quarter. And by the time the fourth quarter rolled around, like you just mentioned, they were one of the teams that didn't trail at all because Russell Wilson was just leading them from behind because their running game would keep them, you know, keep them relatively close, but they just had to have Russell Wilson cook. Look, I I think the bigger issue here is Brian Schottenheimer's conservatism. I think Pete Carroll's resigned the Mm -hmm. the offense to, to Schottenheimer and, and Schottenheimer, just for, for whatever reason, I mean, he'll have a few good play calls at the right time, you know, good play action play. And that'll kind of uh, keep, I guess, keep the Seahawks offense moving. But I would love to see Seattle kind of embrace Russell Wilson over the next couple of years, especially with these two fantastic receivers that they have in Metcalf and Lockett. Right. Um, if they can embrace Wilson and just be a little more pass heavy, I think Seahawks fans would be a lot happier with Pete Carroll.
2: Right. And I think that's the thing, right? I mean, especially what we saw from DK Metcalf in the back half of the season and in the playoffs. I mean, the guy showed, Look, I know that, you know, Everybody had questions about him after the combine, his three-cone drill, and what have you. But look, they figured out how to use him effectively. They figured out how to highlight his strengths and make him into a good receiver to the point that, you know, we are really debating where he should fall in fantasy drafts next year. Uh, I mean, I, I jokingly asked the question a few weeks ago whether or not he was Seattle's number one wide receiver. Um, so, it's like a 1A and 1B. Yeah. It's 1A and 1B. I think. I think it is at this yeah. point, right? Um, so, I mean, I think I think you're definitely right. I think they'd like to see it open up. I mean, look. Maybe they should be in the market for for a Graham Harrell, <laughs> you know, something like that. Somebody who can open it up and let Russell Wilson do his what's, thing. What's
1: funny too is they would be so much better of a running team if they did embrace some spread. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't, if you stop slamming the ball into eight man boxes every right. single time, spread them out, move them around, and it, it just seems like the Seahawks are just they're like nipping at the heels of what they could be on right. offense. And it's just basically at this right now, the last couple of years, it's just been Russell Wilson bailing them out when they need him,
2: and he's that good that he does it. I mean, I do think there's something to the fact that when they were short on running backs and they needed help, the guy they turned to was Marshawn Lynch. If, if nothing else, it was sort of nostalgia for them, right? Exactly. Look, <laughs> I, I love Marshawn Lynch. I mean, Lynch is legitimately one of my favorite
1: players of all time. Uh, but them calling him off the streets and then giving him touches in favor of Travis Homer, I don't know. You're right. It was just purely a nostalgia I mean, move. I mean, I, I mean,
2: considering he had been, what, uh, a couple weeks removed, from handing out tequila shots yeah. in the Oakland Coliseum Park. That guy line. is probably not in the best shape ever. <laughs> right. I mean, I love
1: Beast Mode, but man, uh, what, he turned, what, two point yeah, I think his yards per carry average was like 2.0 in uh, his limited touches there with Seattle. I, I don't know.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. So, uh, but then other, the other question is people are wondering whether or not they are wasting the prime of Russell Wilson. Now, mind you, he went to back-to-back Super Bowls. They won one of those two, uh, and I know that. Look, look, I feel like getting to a Super Bowl is hard. It's really, really hard. And I know people are are you know looking at that window and, and wondering how much longer it's going to be open for the Seahawks. That one feels sort of like hand wringing for hand wringing's sake that they are wasting his prime. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm weird like that. I, I,
1: you definitely have a point, and you know, the idea that guys have kind of like had maybe I don't know disappointing careers like Aaron Rodgers but just because they haven't gotten to a bunch of Super Bowls or Drew Brees just because he hasn't gotten a bunch of Super Bowls I'm kind of with you right every single year it is so hard and we see how hard it is every single year to get to the game and look I don't I don't think they're wasting Wilson's career uh his prime specifically too it's just the fact remains that like every single season we're having this debate uh, with Wilson and the Seahawks, is like what could this offense be if they actually opened it up? If they actually let Russell Wilson throw the ball more than thirty, you know, thirty times a game, what would this thing look like? And I think that's really what people want. Is we know, yes, you've got to you've got to have some semblance of the run game in the NFL. I think right. we know that by now. But at the same time, you do not want to build your offense around the run game when your quarterback is Russell freaking Wilson. <laughs> I mean, he's <laughs> at every at every single corner. He proves that he's one of the three or four best. Uh, quarterbacks in the NFL, and and I, I just think that's really where a lot of this stems from. Is people want to see an offense built around Russell and right. not built around the run game?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, if nothing else, it's just fun. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. It's, it's fun yeah. to watch Russell Wilson run around and then suddenly like find a guy thirty yeah. yards down the field for a big play. Like that's just cool to watch. But also, wouldn't it be nice to see Seattle throw to get ahead? Instead
1: of trying to run to get ahead, and, right. and, then, like, and
2: then and then run the ball, suddenly you're down two scores, and you know Russell Wilson has to be a magician. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Good luck. So we'll see. Uh, I don't expect there to be any coaching movement in Seattle. They're not going to do anything. I think this is just a group of frustrated fans kind of voicing their frustration I, on I, uh, on Twitter. One final
1: thing here on Carroll. I think if if anything, the most maybe the most the biggest mistake he's made over the last couple of years is trusting his defense too much because mm-hmm. he was so used to back in those heyday years when they were in the Super Bowl, they had an amazing defense. Now their defense is either just average or maybe even slightly below average. And I think that's kind of what bit him at the end of this past year is the Seahawks were trying to rely on their defense to right. keep them in games and it was just clear to, to I think most people that their, their secondary is just nowhere close to where it once was Even Yeah, Clowney
2: Clowney was taking over games but man their, their, their secondaries need some help I think I think some of it is one Pete Carroll is by nature a defensive guy exactly. and so he always sort of wants to lean on that but I also think you know Greg Rosenthal made another good point on Twitter where he said you know Pete Carroll coaches, he's been coaching that team like it's the team he wishes he had and not the team he actually has. And uh, that's perfectly said. That could have something to do with it. So, uh, yeah, it's fun to talk about. But like I said, I'm pretty sure Pete Carroll is going to be the head coach there next year. And Brian Schottenheimer is likely going to be the offensive coordinator. And I'm sure we'll get to October and we'll still be having the same conversation (laughs) uh, about the Seahawks. Definitely not wrong. All right. All right. So we had two championship games yesterday. And, and Graham, we talked about this before we started recording. I just, look, I think the matchup is going to be great. The championship games themselves were sort of a letdown. Yeah, Um, I think that's fair.
1: Letdown there. I mean, Chiefs-Titans was close after the first half. And then, you know, the Chiefs basically had the ball that entire third quarter and kept Derrick Henry off the field. And, yeah, I, I think it was kind of just... Hopefully, it's a lead up to a
2: really good Super Bowl because right. this matchup is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we get we get an all red Super Bowl, which I think is—I believe I read this morning—is the first time that has happened, and all red. And we talked about the the Niner uniform situation, what they will or will not wear. We'll see. But it did give me a, a few questions right off the top of my head after seeing what we saw on Sunday uh, in both the AFC and NFC championship games. And the first one is. Is Patrick Mahomes the best running back in Kansas City? He's got 106 rushing yards on 15 carries in the last two games. Damon Williams has like 95 carries. I mean, I'm, I'm joking, but... Mahomes is showing off a running skill that we kind of knew he had, but he's really flashed it uh, big the last two weeks. So you're saying Patrick Mahomes
1: is the Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Chiefs? He <laughs> is. He uh, absolutely is. Yeah, look, I mean, I thought Mahomes didn't run enough last year when he was throwing for 50 touchdowns. Uh, I guess you don't have to run the ball very much, but it always seemed like, you know, just watching the games and going back and reviewing, it always seemed like Mahomes had like rushing lanes and scrambling lanes that he just wasn't taking. Mm-hmm. And oh, now, now he's taking them. Uh, right. that, that rushing touchdown yesterday was it was amazing. amazing. One of that was one <laughs> of the best rushing scores we've seen. That looked Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson-esque. Right. I mean, he has the ability to, to, to make those types of plays. I, Mahomes, real quick, what is Mahomes' running style, though, to you? Like, he's quick, but it, just, it, it he kind of just, like, leans forward. It looks like
2: he's stammering at times, but he's, he's in control. So, I've always described Patrick Mahomes as, like, I've always said he plays quarterback like a shortstop. And I think okay. he, he runs like a guy who's, like, stealing bases. Yeah. It's like he he runs, he sort of scrambles like a base runner, you know? (laughs) I see that. Like he's like trying to make the turn around second, heading to third or something like that. I think that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. I I totally see that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that's, that is an interesting dynamic. That's, it's an, it's an added dimension to his game. One, I think if you're, if you are Robert Sala and you are the, the 49ers defense, it's one you have to look out for in a couple of weeks, all of a sudden that, that maybe you didn't think about, but as we talk fantasy-wise, one of the things I know we keep talking about is drafting a quarterback who can get you those rushing yards. If this is something that we see moving into next year that he's going to continue to add to his game, um, I mean, look, he's going to still get drafted as one of the top yeah. three quarterbacks anyway. But, man, this, this is just such a bigger thing for him. So Lamar is going
1: to go top 15 in every yeah. single draft, no doubt. Right. Where is Mahomes going? top 30 still?
2: Yeah, I think probably. so. He'll think probably so. still be a third round pick. Because I think people still see the like the potential for him to throw 50 touchdowns again yeah. is always there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how
1: the, what the difference in ADP is between Lamar and Mahomes. Because as you mentioned, I mean, even if Mahomes scrambles just a little bit more every mm-hmm. week, then that's I mean, that's just even more dynamite for I mean, for this
2: incredible offense. Just why he had two hundred, I two hundred eighteen rushing yards during the season. He's had a hundred and five in two games of the playoffs. Wow, so yeah. uh, one hundred and six, I think, is actually what it is. Um, speaking of running backs, you got to pick one: Damien Williams or Raheem Mostert. Where are you going?
1: I mean, I, I We'll see what Tevin Coleman's uh, injury injury looks like if you're trying to play some showdown for for the Super Bowl. We'll see what Tevin Coleman's shoulder injury looks like. If he's out, it's probably Mostert, just because that Forty ers run game is going to travel and they are going to they are going to try to run the hell out of the ball against mm-hmm. the Chiefs front seven man. That su- is going to be their game
2: plan. Were you surprised that Matt Breida got zero work yesterday? I don't. Yeah,
1: I don't know what's going on
2: with Breida. I mean, even just like in mop-up duty, like in the second half or something. Like I that. don't know if he's still hurt because
1: he obviously was dealing with another injury in the middle of the season and mm-hmm. really hasn't gotten on the field at all. I mean, he came back in Week 14, and and since then he's got like maybe 15, 20 carries, something like that, right. total over the Niners like last six or seven games. I don't know what's going on with Breida, uh, but I, you know, we've seen from Shanahan. You know he'll just ride the guy that's giving them mm-hmm. the best chance to win in that game. Right. And yesterday it was pretty clear it was Raheem Mostert.
2: Yeah, uh, Barita played two snaps. Wow. Uh, got one carry for two yards, which I must have blinked because I didn't. I don't remember seeing <laughs> seeing that. I don't play, remember you know. it either. Uh, so all right, yeah, Damian Williams though has played very well. He has, uh, man. The the numbers aren't necessarily eye popping. I mean he had he had the what the three touchdown game a couple of weeks ago against the Texans. Um, but he's playing really, really well right now. I'm interested to see what Kansas City does. Like, I don't think they're going to spend a top
1: two or three round pick on a running back this I year. Think so, um, and if they don't, if they don't spend a premium capital pick on on you know on running back, it'll be interesting to see where Damien Williams goes because he he might be just because people are so like. We're so sick of him this year. He <laughs> might be a really nice value. You're very welcome. <laughs> if he's a, if he's like a fifth round pick, because as a receiver, he's been phenomenal for the Chiefs. I mean, they were they were not only like not only was Mahomes dumping the ball off to him on a few plays, like they scheme the ball to him in the passing game.
2: Right. right. Yeah, I think and I think that's look. We came into the season hoping that Damian Williams was going to be the guy, and we went much of the year frustrated because he you know, doing injury and then just working other guys in. They trust him so much that, I mean, LaShawn McCoy
1: is not playing. I mean, he was a healthy scratch essentially yesterday. Yeah. Uh,
2: He's done, right? He's not coming back to Kansas City (laughs) next year. Yeah. Uh, All right. Um, Is Sammy Watkins actually back? He had over 100 yards (laughs) yesterday, 114, I believe. He had 76 yards two weeks ago. And yesterday he had like 12 targets. I mean, they threw him the ball a lot, a lot. Hadn't done anything since week one nope. of the season. Um, I mean, is this, I would imagine in part, it's just because they are taking what the defense gives them, but he just reminds us that, you know, when he's good, like he can be really, really
1: good. Sometimes. Yeah. He can be. It's just, we never know what we're going to get with Sammy. Watkins. Right. And more often than not, it's going to be the bad end of, of Watkins. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's back. Um, I always think, and I've thought this entire year, that the the Chiefs would have been better off giving some of Sammy snaps to Mikol Hardman. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we'll see. I, I, maybe Hardman hasn't come along enough for the, for Andy Reid, and his route running isn't all the way there. I don't know. But Watkins, it was good to see the ceiling again yesterday from him. I mean, it, he looked like the Buffalo Bills version of Sammy Watkins, right. and that version of Sammy was was incredible. I mean, especially in his first two years, he was one of the best young receivers in the NFL, and it just kind of seems like he has not been able to put it together. Since then, Um, and and yesterday
2: was just another flash in the pan of what Watkins could have been. Right. Yeah. I just, man, I just, he only had two targets against the Texans, although one of them was a really big play. But then yesterday, just, they just kept feeding him the football. And I'm like, this was the Sammy Watkins that people spent a late round pick on hoping to get some production. He had one really bad drop. But other than that, I mean, he was phenomenal yesterday. He was huge for them. One of the bigger talking points, matchups, if you will, of the Super Bowl is going to be the two tight ends because we have arguably the top two tight ends in the game facing off against each other. Yes, and I know they're not actually facing off against one another. They're never going to be on the field at the same time. But whatever. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, you're making a lineup. Who you got? Man, I think it's Kittle, even though the Niners are not throwing
1: the ball at all. uh, The the Niners have the ability to, to try to really slow down Kelsey. And that's kind of what we saw from the Titans yesterday is they really put a lot of a lot of bodies on Kelsey kind of took away that middle of the field look and I think that's why Watkins and Hill both had big games uh, against the Titans is because Tennessee was like okay we just saw Travis Kelsey go completely off the week before we're going to try to take away the middle of the field and Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes, he can burn you in a number of ways it the Niners have even more talent to take away the middle of the field and even though the you know Jimmy Garoppolo is not throwing the ball at all, Marcus. I-, I think Kittle is overdue
2: for a humongous game, and I think he'll have it in the Super Bowl. It's funny, too, because they talked on, on the broadcast most of the day about how Kittle hadn't had a target, and then Garoppolo went like an hour, literally like an hour and a half yeah. without throwing the football. <laughs> I think he did not attempt to pass in the entire third he quarter. He did
1: not. Um, and then his first pass attempt came in like the middle of the fourth. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And it was only
2: one. But it was the Kittle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the Kittle for like 15 yards. So, uh, which actually begs the question. I would think it would be hard for the Niners to hide Garoppolo again in the Super Bowl. They've done a really good job the last couple of weeks. I mean, look, he he had a couple of near picks against the Vikings. And at that point, I feel like Kyle Shanahan sort of pulled the plug on him throwing the football too much. He had eight pass attempts yesterday. Yeah. That's
1: it. That was the fewest in playoff history. Fewest in playoff history is eight.
2: Which is amazing i mean even it's amazing generally it's even more amazing in it's, 2020 exactly that it's happening
1: now, <laughs> right? it's happening now. i mean if there's all of this analysis out there that's you know you got to throw to win and it's all true but at the same time there are one-off games where like yesterday the niners just dominated on the ground and just did not have to do anything through the air that's got to come around you know we saw it we saw it yesterday with with Tannehill. like we talked about this on the podcast last week is you know will ryan Tannehill and aj green and all these guys have to You know, Will there be more volume? And lo and behold, they played the Chiefs, and there was. Tannehill had to drop back 31 times to throw, or 34 times to throw. And that'll probably be around the number Garoppolo will be back there. And we'll see Kittle and Debo and Sanders and all these guys normally involved.
2: Yeah, I I would think so. Uh, You you mentioned Sanders. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders has been sort of a non-entity. Part of it, I think, is because they're not throwing the football a lot. But, I mean, he's had, I think, three targets in the last two games. I think just two catches. That's all it is, though.
1: Uh, Manny was, was phenomenal. Uh, to end the season for mm-hmm. the Niners even though he was kind of up and down in the box score he was always open and right. it's only because you know Garoppolo's thrown it 26 times over his last two games that's wild and some of those like it, some of them haven't even mattered some of those dropbacks just don't even they don't even matter <laughs> right. they're running the ball so well they've been ahead you know they've just been dominating
2: um yeah I think it's gonna be although Debo Samuel man I mean you want to talk about a guy who really has flashed this not only this year but especially lately He's so good um I mean to the point that they're they're getting him the ball any way they can, whether he it's a receiver, so... runner, they're just getting him the football right
1: now. I mean, he's already one of the five or ten best receivers after the catch in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He is so explosive. He's he, I mean, he's essentially like a running back. Yeah. And they use him as that. You know, Shanahan's just trying to get him in space and it is uh it's working. Next year, how how early will Debo and Manny go? Because I think people have seen that these Niners want to be extremely run heavy. Right. But both Sanders and Debo have like just amazing ceilings in this offense too. I, I would be surprised if they
2: go off the board before like the eighth or ninth round. Yeah, I think so too. If Debo's a ninth round pick, I'm going to have him on a bunch of teams. All so. about that. Yeah, absolutely, all about that in the ninth round. Um, yeah, it's funny too because they're sort of. I don't want to completely compare them to what the Rams were doing last year, but when we saw a lot of Sean McVay using jet sweeps yep. and a lot of motion to get the ball to like Robert Woods and that sort of thing, and I feel like. Kyle Shanahan has incorporated at least a little bit of that into his offense, especially in terms of getting the ball to Debo Samuel recently. So it's going to be fun. Uh, So, yeah, there you go. It's like I said, this is just the start. We're going to have plenty more to talk about uh, when it comes to the Super Bowl. It's two weeks away. Uh, you know, we will definitely dig into it a little bit more on the Wednesday before the game. So, what, a little more than a week from now, week and a half, I guess, from now. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Um, so there you go. Also, just a, a heads up, we're going to start trying to get some more guests on. So, uh, we'll be digging into our. Our contact lists, our Twitter DMs for uh, some folks. As around you call Avengers. it,
1: your your, uh, your Rolodex, your Twitter Rolodex. Yes, my Twitter
2: Rolodex. Yeah. Uh, which I'm sure there are people out there who are like, "What is a Rolodex?" <laughs> uh, it, kids, it's uh, it was like a it was like your contacts app, but like on little note cards. I know that sounds weird. Google it. Um, before we get out of here, I mentioned last week this thing about Jay Ajayi, how he's decided to become a professional gamer. Um, This is his new career path now that I guess his NFL career looks like it's going to be over. It did not go well to start. Uh, He's playing, um, I believe he's playing FIFA. Yeah. What it is. Uh, He did not win a single match. Oh, boy. uh, In his first tournament. So he
1: he joined the Philadelphia Union. Yes. uh, Up in Philly uh, for for the EMLS for FIFA 20. Yeah, that's not great.
2: Not great. Everybody else uh in the tournament won at least two matches. Not only did he not win, he didn't get a draw. I mean, he just flat out lost every match he played in. Um look, I I don't I am not the gamer that I once was. I used to, you know, be a big gamer. But it did make me wonder like if there's a video game, past, present, whatever, that you were going to go pro in. Is there one you have? I like, I've always been partial to the sports games like FIFA.
1: I mm-hmm. also love Rocket League. I'm terrible okay. at Rocket League. Okay. But it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm absolutely horrible at it,
2: but I always have so much fun playing it. Um, what about you? What did you used to play? See, my my last real gaming hurrah, um, I was a big Tiger Woods golf guy. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Love Tiger Woods. Um, it was 05 EA Sports Games. Yeah. So good. They were great. If, I, if there was one, I was probably going to try to go pro, and it probably would be Tiger Woods. Um. I could never in FIFA. I could never quite figure out like the uh, the set pieces. I was never really good at setting up set pieces, corner kicks, and that sort of thing. So that sort of sort of hindered me. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, if we want to dig way back into the into the crates, I mean, a, a Tecmo Super Bowl probably would have nice. been my jam. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah rest in peace Tiger
1: Woods golf those games were those really were so good fun. they were so fun then they tried to reprise it with Rory yeah it's Rangers
2: not the wasn't, same wasn't the same it's not the same so yeah I don't know
3: uh, Eddie did you have do you have one where you might have gone pro in I think the one I'd be closest to was a few years back in the uh, NHL games. Uh, I haven't oh, yeah. played as much recently. Uh, the one thing that would hurt me was because I, and I was good at both uh, options, but there was the game mode where you could play as the player. Mm-hmm. So the control is different than when you're controlling the entire team. Right. And because I did kind of both equally, it probably hindered my skills on one, but I was pretty mm-hmm. good at both. Uh, Madden, I was never good enough. Same now, thing with my Call of Duty. I, I'm good. I'm not enough to go pro. So right. NHL would probably be my pick.
1: That's, that's the thing with all call, I mean, I'm fine at Call of Duty, but there's there are men and women out there that
3: like live and breathe it, and they're always <laughs> destroying yeah, me. Right. I, eyes closed, I, better than me. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, uh, that one. And bad was the same one. Like I'm okay. I can play for yeah. fun, but
3: like, yeah, I don't. I I don't. I can't play on the level that that, that the pros play on. Yeah, I, I played one person who was probably. I, years ago could have been close to pro and just like audible like see my defense audible out of stuff and then same thing with my offensive sets but audible their defense into stuff and then just every play was just like stopped stopped, stopped. <laughs> couldn't gain a yard and I was like oh this is this is what it's like <laughs> really good people. Yeah. it's scary it's not it's not even fun anymore right <laughs> at that point really isn't <laughs> fun so uh,
2: so anyway best of luck to Jay Ajayi hopefully his next go around with the Philadelphia Union goes better than this one um, it is wild I for a while was like trying to get into Overwatch League not necessarily to play but just to kind yeah. To follow along with yeah. um i'm amazed at how much player movement there is like guys switch teams, guys and girls switch teams all the time um and it's like i mean if you're into it like you understand it you follow it and you you know i was out the other day uh walking around in uh at the grove in in downtown la or whatever mid la um And there was somebody wearing a London Spitfire Overwatch League like hoodie stuff. Like it's It's, growing.
1: It's really cool. It's a really cool time to be a gamer, get into the space because I mean, there's so much money flowing into it. Not only from like just a tournament perspective, but investment. I mean, there are so many people getting in getting into it. Yeah, Uh,
2: Overwatch is wild. Overwatch is wild,
1: man. I I would
2: watch that. uh, You know, I know it. It comes on like. Disney Channel. I like think ESPN yeah. showed it for a while. I, um I've man. tried to play. I, I'm not good at it. Awful. But at it is it. incredible to watch. <laughs> it is I awful am at so it. So bad at Overwatch. I, I would say this. I went to an actual Overwatch League okay. event uh up in Burbank, not far from here. Um and was just was floored because I you know, I had only sort of heard about it. I hadn't seen it in person and was just floored that they, they actually shoot it in what is the old Johnny Carson Tonight Show studio. Um cool. play seats five, six hundred people. The place really was cool. packed. Everybody had signs and banners. and I mean, it was like going to a legit sporting yeah. event. Awesome. Um, and like that, that's really encouraging, especially if you're into that sort of thing. So, any uh, game, good luck. J A J, hopefully things get, get better from here. I mean, I guess there's nowhere to go but up at this point when you uh, when you don't win a game. So there you go. All right, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you downloading and listening as always. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate review, and remember, if you think you aren't sexy, think of all the times you undressed in your bathroom and your shower got turned on. We'll see you on Wednesday.